every night Jack Cavanaugh goes live on YouTube at 7 o'clock to talk about any new events of the day and their fantasy impact. So go to at Player Profiler on YouTube, subscribe. We have an aggressive live schedule every day, and not all of them become podcasts. But this one, this one where I happen to fill in for Jack Cavanaugh, we are making that a podcast, and you're going to listen to it right now. Good evening, and welcome to Player Profiler Today. Today with the Podfather coming at you. No Jack Cavanaugh. Jack Cavanaugh couldn't be with us tonight, and it's my honor to take Jack Cavanaugh's place tonight and talk to the people uh, about fantasy drafts that are happening right now, startups that are happening right now. I'm in a startup right now with Alan Soslowski, and it is uh, Kentucky Derby style. And I just got a text from Alan. He said, do you have the fourth pick? You had to pick your spot, so I assumed I'm going to get the fourth pick overall, right? But because it's third-round reversal, TRR is what Alan said. So Alan's like, uh, well, it's not necessarily a slam dunk that you want to go with the 101 because it's TRR. And I was like, Alan, what the hell's TRR mean? So uh, Alan uh, just assumes that I'm one of these volume drafters. Uh, spoiler alert, everybody, I'm not a volume drafter. I am a, a deep thinker about fantasy football. <laughs> I'm cerebral. I am not necessarily a a, a, a big giant uh, drafter. Alan, though, volume drafter. Theo, volume drafter. That's why player profilers, Sonic Truth, Dynasty Program, the Signature Dynasty Podcast, and the, the whole industry live tomorrow, 11 a.m. That show, that, those guys are killers. These guys draft a lot. So I, he said... Uh, he said, uh, here are the picks that are available. And for some reason, someone took the 101, which made sense. Then someone took the 112 because of the TRR, right? And then uh, the third guy took the third pick, which made some sense to me because I was considering the, the 103 as well. I, I wanted the 102 or the 103. The 103 ideally being Jalen Hurts, but you're hoping that the guy ahead of you takes Josh Allen, then you can get Jalen Hurts. But the 102 is the best because then you're, you get to lock in Jalen Hurts. You know it's Jalen Hurts unless someone tries to do something crazy and take Jalen Hurts at the 101, and in which case I get Patrick Mahomes, which is also great. Also great. But I am convinced, as many of you know, that Jalen Hurts is the new Tom Brady in the NFL, that he is at a higher level of uh, dedication to the profession. He is the, the peak. The, he is the mountaintop. No one's more dedicated that his father was a coach and that he has the gravitas in the locker room unlike any other quarterback in the sport going all the way back to Tom Brady. That's where you got to go back. Tom Brady, Patriots Tom Brady, you got to go back there where, remember, they had the uh, fire hose cannon. They had the cannon that was attached to the fire truck and they would back the fire truck up into practice at Foxborough and they would spray Tom with the fire hose to try to replicate the, the, the rainy, stormy conditions. And then after practice, he would take the hose and he would just take snaps and he would, you know, guys would stay after practice with him and they would just hit him with the hose. And he's just at another level of dog. That's who I believe Jalen Hurts is to the point where they're willing to just bring in anybody. 
They're willing to bring in any troubled soul, anyone that's had intersections with law enforcement. They do not care. They do not care because he carries the culture. Jalen Hurts carries the culture of that locker room unlike any other. And the fact that he's mobile, at least now, and he's got a linebacker build, so he's going he's gonna to be mobile for at least the next five years. The guy's going to be scrambling for first downs, scrambling for touchdowns. So you get, for your dynasty, for your entire dynasty window, you get a super mobile quarterback on a Super Bowl contender who is going to be competing for the MVP year in, year out. And I actually think he's going to last longer in the league than Patrick Mahomes. So I think there's a real argument to be made that it's actually Jalen Hurts, the 101 in Superflex, Jalen Hurts, the best quarterback for fantasy football in seasonal leagues, for dynasty, everything. It's very close right now in our dynasty rankings on player profiler, dynasty deluxe, check it out. You can see Mahomes is there, but Hurts is right there. And then we've got, and then uh, it's so, it's just, it's so close. You're not allowed to be surprised. You look up in a couple weeks and, oh, there's Hurts at the 101. Just some, some micro movement happens because of an additional weapon or, or some news in camp about, uh, a more up-tempo offense. It's, it's all it takes. It's just a just the slightest little tweak. And then the machine will just take a, just a, a shred of an opportunity. And then you extrapolate that out over a, a couple of years. And then before you know it, boom, Hurts moves ahead of, of Patrick Mahomes. And what I love about our Superflex rankings is that these top quarterbacks are so far and above the rest that it would, it would take like two CD lambs just to get to a quarterback. Like, the idea that you would opt for the 112, the 111, I get the third round reversal, but I mean, oh my God, like th- that you would have to compromise and have to go with a, a player that's actually half the value, right? By the end of the first round of a super flex draft, the values have been cut in half compared to Mahomes and Hertz and Allen, yes, but I, I believe that based on the fading of Josh Allen that we saw, and the fact that he started his career with two inefficient seasons, he was inefficient in college, he has no receiver of consequence that can help him at all, except that one game with four touchdowns behind Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs needs to stay healthy. It's a fragile, fragile wide receiver core in Buffalo. So I think that there's there's some risk with Josh Allen. So I think you, you look up, you're going to see Hurts moving up. Allen moving down the dynasty rankings over the next couple weeks and months. I just look out for that. That's something I can see happening, especially if there are any injuries at all in camp to these, the Buffalo wide receiver core, so fragile and, and it's the opposite in Philadelphia. It's just, they just, the rich get richer with Philadelphia. It seems like or oh, well, but they got Dalton Kincaid. Okay. All right. Oof. So that's that. And then the other thing that I can tell you is happening and you can look out for it. And this is news. This is player profiler news. Talking about player profiler today. Like with the news you need. Oh, baby, I got that. I got news you need. Uh, this, we need uh, breaking news. Jamar Chase is the 101 in fantasy drafts. I'm excited to talk about this in a minute. Like, single quarterback draft, I'm going Jamar Chase 101. I'm going Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson. You look at our rankings, 
you're going to start to see Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson. I did my my draft kit video, the, the world-famous draft kit. The full kit is about to be released. Theo Greminger is quarterbacking it. It's incredible. I worked on Bateman. I worked on Chase this weekend. And little-known fact, Justin Jefferson actually did not have the most expected fantasy points per game last year. It was Jamar Chase. It was actually Jamar Chase with more expected fantasy points per game. Everybody knows the Vikings were lucky last year. Everybody knows. The most lucky franchise, the luckiest team, they outperformed their point differential by a wide margin in the standings. It was just a lucky season, and yet they could only parlay that into a playoff berth and then fart, right? Goodbye. That's that's the Vikings last year. But they're not going to be that lucky this year. And not only was Kirk Cousins lucky last year, the defense was lucky, everyone was lucky, the offensive line was decimated with injuries, the whole team was lucky. So was Justin Jefferson, actually. The expected fantasy point shows that Justin Jefferson was actually lucky. Jamar Chase was not. Jamar Chase actually had less fantasy points per game than his expected fantasy points per game. Justin Jefferson had like two plus more fantasy points per game actually than his expected was suggested that he had. And our expected fantasy points per game is super sophisticated. It looks at air yards and catchable passes, and it's great. So going into his third year with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, so they're, they're getting the band back together from LSU, except there's no Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's looking up going, hey, you got you got Joe Burrow at quarterback. Must be nice. I got uh, Kirk Cousins, right? It's just not going to be the same. And then what did the Vikings do? They drafted a, a wide receiver in the first round. It's going to siphon some targets away from Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison will siphon some. It just takes a couple targets. These guys are so razor-thin close. It just takes a couple targets. That's all it takes. Both shootout divisions, right? AFC North, NFC North, where the offenses are better than the defenses. It's exciting, man. It's it's super exciting. But just like the year prior, it doesn't pay, right? It doesn't pay to just draft the guy that was number one last year. It's who's going to be number one this year, right? That's why last year we were going Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup because of the target share and air yards math and everything that we looked at. Billy Muzio pounding the table for... Justin Jefferson, and I'm talking to Theo, I'm talking to Dario, I'm talking to Billy, and I'm like, guys, it looks like Jamar Chase is teed up to be the 101, the guy we want. I mean, you could make an argument for Christian McCaffrey. You want to go Christian McCaffrey? Please, that's, do you. If you're a Christian McCaffrey guy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand in your way, right? I'm not going to like block the door. You want to go McCaffrey? YOLO, baby. YOLO. McCaffrey, go, right? I mean, chase the rainbow please. But that's not how we play the game, right? You get a chance for a guy that's going to go 24 fantasy points per game. It's like, oh, what about T. Higgins? What about T. Higgins? Yeah, well, T. Higgins could miss games, right? T. Higgins misses any games. I mean, it's going to be 30 points a game in all those games for Jamar Chase. And even if he doesn't miss, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. T. Higgins is a pumped up alpha. T. Higgins, I'm watching Chimp Empire. And what's fascinating about Chimp Empire is the alphas in the chimp world, they are not the biggest dudes. The betas are the biggest dudes. This was a surprise to me. The alphas are strong, but also great at politics. And they befriend 
the biggest goon there is to be their number two. It's like the mafia. That's why they call it chimp empire. It's it's like boardwalk empire, but it's like the chimps. And they're just very cutthroat about how they do things, these chimps. I mean, they're ripping monkeys' heads off. They're, you know, uh, fighting over territory, killing each other. It's amazing. It's amazing. But, but the politics is amazing. The politics is why you watch Chimp Empire. You might think it's for the fights. It's not the fights. The fights are actually really sad because they're so close to humans. It's the politics. That's why you watch it. And T. Higgins is like the number two on that show. Like he's the biggest dude out there. He's the biggest dude in the wide receiver core, but he's not the actual alpha. The actual alpha is the guy who's like a little bit bigger than average size, right? But super cunning, you know, incredibly hard worker. That's the thing, man. Some of the this shows like, oh my God, like this is, this is wild how close to humans this is. These guys are, these alphas, they, they are outworking everybody. They are cunning. They are nice to the ladies. They're nice to, they're underlings. They're cool with them. They're bros. It's like, man, this is like leadership. This is, you could take a class on this. This is insane. And I was, in, what, I was bothered by the fact that in my draft kit video, I was not able to go and you know, go back and edit because I had the right time. I, I, it was a very tight, very well done video, of course, but it just didn't make sense for me to go back and edit it and add a, a, a part that I thought was important. Go to the Jamar Chase player page and you will see something interesting. What's interesting about the Jamar Chase player page is that he has all the workouts. You have to understand, if you go back in time and remember what it was like, it was COVID. He didn't play. He could have just showed up at the draft and been top 10 like Drake London without any workouts. Wouldn't have mattered, right? He, we knew he was top 10. He outproduced Justin Jefferson the year prior when they played together. Of course he's top 10. Justin Jefferson had already broken out. He didn't have to do anything. He could have sat on his couch, tuned in, watched himself go top 10, wearing a ski mask if he wanted to, right? He could have done that. You know what Jamar Chase did during that time, during lockdown? He went to Texas and he was working out in a, in a sort of high-performance facility with Rondale Moore, and they were going ham. And, and he had a, they were a couple other um, right, high-achieving wide receivers that were there with them and some cornerbacks. And he just outworked everyone. And then at his pro day, if you recall, he even did the agility drills. And a lot of these wide receivers, they don't care about the agility drills. They're not, they're not there to do it. You see a lot of these guys not doing the agility drills anymore. Jamar Chase did everything. He's like, I'm running the 40. I'm, he's, and their agent's like, you don't have to do this. You don't, you're certainly shouldn't be doing the shuttle and the three cone. You're going to get hurt. What if you get hurt? Then there's questions that you want to fall out of the top 10, get hurt running the three cone. That's the best way to do it. You really want, you want to, and he's like, I don't care. He is a dog, dog rating through the scale. Okay. That's Jamar Chase. Okay. But it, Justin Jefferson, it, his teammate also very high dog rating. I mean, that's why these guys are one, two. But so often we talk about the electricity 
that Jamar Chase brings to the to the to the football field. He's but it starts with him in the weight room. It starts with him not just in the weight room though, with that mentality that he just wants to win and he just wants to be better than everyone else. He just wants to eat your lunch. He wants to have sex with your women. He wants to eat your food. He wants to kill your monkeys. He's just he's he's the alpha man. And I think he's the alpha for fantasy football. And it's going to be fascinating to watch his Hall of Fame career play out because it could be something really special. The way he's wired and his his body type being the way it is, where he's six foot two ten, just the ideal body type that you want for the to play the wide receiver position with longevity. We've seen these guys that are six three, six four. They can't play past age thirty one. But you, if you have that, you know Reggie Wayne. Larry Fitzgerald body type, Jerry Rice being the best example with the Jerry Rice off field mentality. That's how you can play out to age 35, age 36. And then in today's NFL, Jamar Chase could actually break some records. It could be really interesting. It could be really interesting to see how it. Yes. And, and Harry Siegel writes, where does Ronald Jones fit into all this? That's a clever remark, Harry. Wow, buddy. Bald Harry. Bald Harry. Is he is he trying to compete with Harry Snowman? Is he competing with Harry Snowman for dumb comment? Where, where does where does Ronald Jones? Ronald Jones low dog rating. I don't think that Ronald Jones is about that life. I think that was very clear. You've got to be about that life. And uh, it's it's interesting that I am uh that guy now. Like I do, like I said, we start the conversation with expected fantasy points. So clearly, I care about metrics, but also care about how guys interview, how guys carry themselves, how much are guys in the weight room. And by caring about that kind of stuff, you can avoid some of these Ronald Jones debacles. You can avoid some of these Clyderance Hilaire debacles. And now, unfortunately, DeAndre Swift. There were whispers about this with DeAndre Swift for years. And, they, and all you had to do was watch Hard Knocks. And it was very clear that he was not wired in a way that the Detroit Lions appreciated at all, right? And it uh, didn't matter, right? didn't matter. I was still bullish on him. It wasn't like I was going to... I'm not going to fade a guy into oblivion because he's known to not work out behind the scenes. That's not something... That, we're, we're not that crazy. <laughs> that's not how that's not how you do it. But when we're talking about like micro edges, we're talking about tiebreakers, right? Then then it starts to matter. Then could because you have these guys that are incredibly talented and time and time again when you you see the guys with the best metrics-based profiles and you wonder what happened to player X. What happened to player X? Eventually the whispers come out that they just weren't about that life. And unfortunately, that that in with football, that's what matters most. That matters more than basketball. That matters more than with baseball. You could be a hundred percent analytics focused and win the day with baseball, basketball. But the reason why I love the NFL so much is that it's not that easily solved. 
that there's this whole other human component that is actually a, a big deal and can drive outcomes where you can see a DeAndre Swift start getting flushed out of the league. And you're like, this guy that was a phenomenal prospect. This guy is one of the most efficient players at the position as both a runner and a receiver. And yet they're, they're punting him for a late round pick. This can't be true. How is this happening? It's what happens. It's what happens. And so that's, that's what makes the NFL interesting. That's what keeps us coming back. That's what keeps us guessing because it does, it, it, keep, it really does keep us guessing and you're going to be wrong a lot because you just don't quite know how these guys are wired. Had we been at the combine and we've been at the senior bowl, like roster watch was when Cooper cup was there, I would have had more Intel on Cooper cup and, and would not have been so quick to, uh, you know, put him behind your Corey Davis, Juju Smith Schuster, the NFL drafted him in the third round. The NFL took John Ross. Thankfully, I don't think this would happen. I don't think this would happen again. You saw Jordan Addison. It's not an athletic marvel by any means. They took him in the in the first round. So I think that now the NFL would not have would not have drafted <laughs> John Ross at ten and Cooper Cup in the third round. No way. No. No way. No. Not not possible. No. 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 Uh, so now I will give everyone a preview, a sneak preview. I'm going to be covering this in more depth on the Backstage Pass, patreon.com slash podfather. I'm going to do a Backstage Pass and give you a little bit of insight into this um, draft that I'm in. But we should check this out now, which is this is the this is the big game draft. I talked about this on the, uh, it was the Sonic Truth show. The last Sonic Truth show, we covered this. And this is the big startup. This is the the big super flex tight end pre tight end super premium startup notice that uh, though it's tight end super premium andrews did not go until the looks like the uh last pick in the third round last pick in the th wow right mark kelsey goes to the 302 pitts goes to the 402 that that might that was probably early for pitts uh can, can i how is it possible how is it possible that the three darlings darlings of the draft hype community and a lot of these are metrics based individuals analytics focused individuals i love them i love them dearly three of the bit the darlings end up on the same abysmal offense like it, it's shocking right with, with desmond ritter under center how the hell is kyle pitts and drake london and Bijan robinson supposed to get there in the Atlanta offense with an overrated coach, a third round, nothing quarterback. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. How can you draft Kyle Pitts? How can you draft Drake London? How can you draft B. John Robinson at ADP? I was talking to Billy about this. I was like, is anyone drafting Falcons at all? He's like, I'm never drafting Falcons. I can't do it. It doesn't, the math doesn't add up. Talking to Dario. The, the, the math doesn't add up where people are drafting Falcons is hilarious because it's only going to work that it's only going to work. The guy you draft, if he's a Falcon and, and I mean, God help you if you draft multiple Falcons, but if you did draft one of these Falcon skill guys, be it Pitts, be it London, be it Bijan, the other guys have to all get hurt for that guy to get there. And he's not going to get there. 
Like, he's not. Spoiler alert. None of these Falcons are going to get there. Maybe, maybe, at cost, at ADP, the one guy I'm drafting who I can see getting there is Matt Collins. Because Matt Collins is like 20th round pick. He's a starter. He's one of the last starters that you'll be able to get. If you're just getting a starter, yeah, Matt Collins. I'd much rather have Matt Collins at cost than Drake London. What do you think is going to happen? This low pass volume, no passes thrown, right? It's like, oh, Bijan's going to catch all these passes. What passes? What passes? Bijan Robinson went to a team that will guarantee high volume between the 20s, lowest value touches for a running back. <laughs> and I'm seeing him go top five. This is silly. It's just nonsense. The Bijan ADP, nonsense. London ADP, nonsense. The Kyle Pitts ADP, nonsensical. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Okay, back to this. Back to this draft. So I took Burrow. And then Murray, when you take Murray, you basically lock yourself into a productive struggle. And then I took Gibbs. I don't love Gibbs. I think Gibbs is a bust candidate. But I drafted him because I need some Gibbs, and this is the perfect time to get Gibbs. Walker went ahead of him. Barkley went ahead of him. So I, I grabbed him. Walker actually went where he should go in this draft. So I stopped the bleeding on Gibbs. I found, I got, I, I think if, if Gibbs has a breakout year, a big year, it's going to be his second year. So that's, I'm, I'm, I decided when I drafted Murray, okay, I'm competing in 2024. It's going to be a productive struggle. Goddard here at 509 in tight end super premium. It's a 0.75 bonus PPR for tight ends. DJ Moore, I, I don't love him this year, but I think next year things could consolidate for him. Pickett at the 709 is a screaming value. We've talked about Pickett on a bunch of shows, how the offensive line improved, solid weapons, shootout division over Trey Lance, over Will Levis is a, is a slam dunk. I mean, think about Will Levis. Will Levis is a lesser prospect on a less efficient, less prolific offense, and he was drafted later. And he's not going to be the starter on day one. What? Like, it doesn't make sense. He, I think he's older than Kenny Pickett or the similar age to Kenny Pickett. He, no, I think Kenny Pickett's still older because Kenny Pickett was also an old prospect. But Kenny Pickett was an old prospect because of COVID. He wasn't a, a, an old prospect because he had to transfer and couldn't play. Michael Mayer, tight end super premium. Love it. After Josh Doxson, hello, what, right? I think he'll outscore Doxson, Dotson even without, I almost called him Doxson because, you know, Washington. He'll outscore him even without uh, the, the, the premium. Kendra Miller, he'll have his best year in, in year two probably. Dulcich as, you know, target, target monster. Mims, then Roshan, I traded that pick for Roshan. Uh, I was fortunate to get Mooney. I think that's nice to have Mooney and more because what happens is, Mooney moves on, and then Moore gets the, gets the benefit of the target consolidation. Mooney gets to get unlocked somewhere else. Gainwell's interesting. I think Swift's going to be a free agent. So then Gainwell potentially gets the, the backfield to himself next year. <coughs> Peoples-Jones, we'd start a ton of receivers. Hall, Wilson, and I should make a pick. Let's make a pick. Terrace Marshall, Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders, really? That's what we're worried about, Miles Sanders? And Chuba Hubbard, by the way, you know, he was a what, fourth round pick, 2,000 yard rusher at Oklahoma State. And then he has shown himself, especially last year, as a quality receiver. 
I'm happy to get Chuba Hubbard. Let's go ahead and pick him. On the count of three. Three, two, one. Oh, we got him! We got Chuba! That's it. That's the draft. That's the draft board. I enjoyed my time today filling in for Jack. He'll be back soon. We love Jack Cavanaugh.